Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. All right, you all, how are you doing? We are right in the middle of the holiday season, at least those of us in the U.S. We've just finished Thanksgiving. We're heading into the winter holidays. How are you doing? I'm actually quite delighted. We had our first home holiday since before COVID. And we hosted, we had 18 people, we hosted Thanksgiving. There was so much laughter and joy. I was a little apprehensive of how were we all going to come together. And it was a very delightful holiday. My mom came out and spent some time and we laughed and my cousins were here. My sister came with her family. We just had so much fun. It was delightful to have three generations in the house. It was delightful to have new family members come. And we did a mixture of a traditional American Thanksgiving with two turkeys, a ham, lots of pumpkin pie, mashed potatoes, and also Korean food. So it was delightful. And I hope that for you during this holiday season, that you get to have delight. There's so much about what we're supposed to do versus what do you want it to look like. And I'll talk about it in another podcast episode, but something to plant a seed in your brain about what do you want and what did you experience? And if it wasn't delightful, that's okay. What would be the ingredients to help you make that? Think about that. All right, today I'm going to talk about unnecessary suffering. (laughs) Because there are things that we do that are definitely unnecessary and then are suffering. And it's time to like, let's eliminate some of this stuff, right? I get it. Yes, we can do hard things. In fact, in my kitchen, I have a sign that says we can do hard things. And so here's some examples of hard things that we do. So I grew up being a swimmer, right? Being a swimmer is hard. The training is hard. And there are times that we dig deep holes. In California, my nephew learned that we swim outdoors when it's really cold outside, unlike in Georgia, where we were at an indoor facility when I saw him back in earlier this year. We do hard things, right? We go out in 30 degree weather in a swimsuit. For those of you who are like, okay, great, I'm not a swimmer, I don't go near a pool, I get that. If you're in a loving and connected relationship, that's doing hard things, right? Going in and hosting a holiday season where people are coming in from all over the country with different belief systems, that's hard. How to host, figuring out the food, figuring out what time, all of that, those are hard things. Being a parent, especially of young kids. When I think of my younger self as a young mom with young kids and a blended family, holy moly, I wish I had given her so much more grace, right? Being a parent of young kids is really hard. Being a parent of teens, oh my gosh, so hard in such a different way. (laughs) I don't have to worry about like finding the shoes or putting on their shoes or putting on their seatbelt, but so hard. And then now being a parent of adult children, it's one of the hardest things that I do. 
Those are hard things. They're already ingrained in our day-to-day living. Here's some more examples. Supporting family members with health problems or crisis. Those are hard things. Ensuring financial well-being for your family. Those are hard things for some people, right? And for some people, that may be your area that is easy for you. It's not a right or wrong. You're not a good or bad person. It's knowing what is hard and what is easy. For some people, my mom, she's an amazing cook. She can get up there and cook amazing food. For me, that's really hard. For her, it's really easy. So there's contrast and that's okay. It doesn't mean one person's worth more and one person is worth less. Learning new skills, obtaining education or training, that's a hard thing. Traveling for our work. For some people, it's really easy. For others, it's really hard. I know when I travel, there's a bit that it takes out of me. It is, it's a harder thing. I don't have as good of a practice in that. And I lose some of my own efficiency. Here's another hard thing that I do a lot of coaching around. Having hard, courageous conversations. Yes, I realize I put hard on the front of it. But let's be honest, these courageous conversations, none of my clients are going, yippee, skippy, I can't wait to have it. There's a lot of emotional mind drama around, oh, I need to have that conversation. And there can be hours of prep to going in and having that conversation. And I'm not joking about it. I will do lots of sessions around this one particular conversation because it's hard. It's really vulnerable. So just because we can do hard things doesn't mean we're always supposed to do hard things. Hear that? We're not always supposed to do hard things. We don't need to do unnecessary suffering, right? So I'm going to give you a couple of examples in this. For those of you that maybe in your childhood, remember the unnecessary suffering of you must eat all the food on your plate because there's starving kids in Africa. There's no correlation to what you eat on your plate and the kids in Africa, right? So that was unnecessary suffering. It was a way to like guilt us into eating versus working on what's the obstacle in the situation, right? It was unnecessary suffering. For those of you, you know, if you've done it, had to sit at that table for a really long time and all that misery to finish this food that for whatever reason you didn't want to eat, but you were made to because there's starving kids in Africa. Here's a 2022 version of unnecessary suffering. And I'll share a story about my life and then you can look at it. Are you having your own unnecessary suffering? So here's the thing. My house is known to be freezing. I have friends well, pre-COVID who would come over and they would bring their own blankets. So it was, it was known that my house is cold right? Because I don't turn on the heat. And instead it was like, I did all these workarounds. I had all these layers that I would wear. I have these, you know, silk garments underneath or thermals that I put underneath my clothes. And the other thing I do is I would stay locked up in my office because it was a smaller space and I have a heating system for that. But I spent a lot of brain juice around being in this freezing home that I also work in. Or sometimes it would be about, I was so warm in bed and I didn't want to get out of bed because it was so cold to get up. And here's the thing is that I have a support squad that allows for this behavior. One of my best friends also did this or does this in her house. And my husband loves to be tough. 
right? And so there's that Jim Rohn saying of we are the average of five people we spend the most time with. So it was like, here was this like, yes, I'm doing this. And I had people in my inner circle that were like, yes, we're doing this without really thinking, is this something that's truly necessary in the context of our lives, right? Because here's the thing, the cost was miserable, right? It was miserable. I don't like to be cold. I am cold. You know, I'm 50 years old. I'm probably going through menopause, right? Like I am cold. My hands and my feet are cold. But guess what? I've been doing for 15 years. My hands and feet have been cold, but I was constantly miserable. I spent lots of brain juice with working around what I could do so that I wouldn't be so cold. And then I spent time complaining that it's cold and arguing with others that who were telling me it wasn't cold or not getting things done because it was too cold to get up and get out of bed. I was noticing that this fall. It's like, oh, I don't want to get up. It's going to be cold once I get out there. I just want to stay in the bed, right? So I'm slower to get out of bed in the morning and it's exhausting. And I'm spending all this time wasting all this brain juice on it being cold and thinking that this is miserable, but then not changing it. And then I started, as I was preparing for the show, I was thinking about, I was like, how did I get to this? Because I don't remember when my kids were little that it was even an issue. So this house, it's not that the house was cold. It's what happened. And I realized it was probably about 12 years ago, there was a big change that occurred in our lives. And my brain went to the worst case scenario and financially. And so I was going to be financially resourceful and cut out the heat. That's how I was going to save some money, right? Now, mind you, we had the funds to pay for the utility bill, but in my brain, I was dress rehearsing tragedy. How many of you do this? Thinking like the worst thing is going to happen. So then I was like, I'm going to make a heroic change. See, I can suffer. I can be tough. (laughs) I started to identify as someone who didn't need heat because, you know, I was really frugal. (laughs) Now, mind you, I now identify myself as fiscally conservative or being fiscally responsible not frugal because I don't want to have that like graspiness with my money. But, but so for me about being frugal was about saving even the pennies, but it was also about being sacrificial, right? And I wasn't looking at the overall picture. Was this truly a real cost savings? Was this a necessary cost savings for my family? Now, remember, I'm like buying extra garments to wear underneath my clothing. I'm buying extra clothes. So was I really saving the money and what I was reducing the heat at? That's the question, right? And here's the irony where we can all laugh with me, not laughing at me, but laughing with me because I'm totally laughing with myself is in the summer. I live in a place that gets the triple digits. It's quite hot. And you better believe you damn well know that that AC is on. I turn it on. It is humming. We have triple degree weather. I don't tolerate the heat well. I do turn on the electricity in the summer, but then in the winter, I must go into this unnecessary suffering, right? And remember that whole idea of like saving money, being fiscally conservative or financially responsible? Well, some years ago, I got a gas insert with the idea of, quote, saving money And trying to find a cost-effective way to heat the house, which I don't even know if it's really changed the bill at all, right? But I got that. So I spent more money on that 
with the idea of like, oh, here's a way that I can heat the house and allow myself to be warmer. So do you ever do this? Do you ever rationalize your savings while spending money on big purchases? Something to look at, right? We can laugh with ourselves. It's okay. And then back in during shelter in place in May of 2020, it was sweltering. And I remember my walls were like sweating. It was so hot. We were all at home. It was miserable. And then at that point, I decided to get these mini splits to help solve my climate problem. (laughs) I spent a lot of brain juice on climate in my home, but for my office and my master bedroom, because those two areas didn't quite get it. And it was like, well, if I do that, then when nobody's home, I'll just turn on the unit in my office and I'll be warm or cool and I'll save so much money on electricity. But here's the thing, that was a benefit if I was the only one home and I would only need to heat the space I was in. And that was May of 2020. And it's not like everybody went back to work or back to school the next week. There was still quite a bit of time that we were all still in the space, probably another year. So having these mini splits, while it's a beautiful thing, because I have control over my environment, I can warm it, I can cool it. What started to happen was I became trapped in my own office because it was the only warm place last winter. I was like, okay, I must eat my meals in here and not eat out in the kitchen. And I wanted to step away. Like I'd like to have my break and go and have lunch and sit in a different seat and step away from my computer. But I was trapping myself in here, which then led to this like downward spiral of like, oh, I don't want to get up in the morning. I was just noticing all of this energy on this. So I had to make a big decision about a month ago. I was tired of suffering. And I realized that, yes, while I can do hard things, I didn't need to do the hard things. I could turn on the furnace and have heat in my home. I could figure out what was the baseline temperature that we were always going to be at. And then what would we increase it to during the day? It's amazing. And I've been learning this and it's all an experiment right? I like to talk with my clients about, let's go out and experiment, right? We manage risk and we experiment. So that's what I'm doing. I'm managing the risk and I'm experimenting. And I've been learning what is the temperature base. And that's what I'm going to do this winter is what is the temperature base that is cost effective for my home, as well as aligns with our values of how do we want to use energy? I don't want to be wasteful or excessive. And I am no longer willing to do the unnecessary suffering. We so often think it's either an either or, right? It's either I am wasteful or I suffer. And I'm saying, how about we can do both? I don't want to be wasteful and I don't want to do unnecessary suffering. So remember, life is not black or white. It's full of color. And yes, we can do hard things. But it does not mean that everything needs to be hard. We need to have the support and energy so that we can do the hard things. And one of the things that I didn't realize because it's invisible is what was the cost to me to spend so much brain juice on that? And then how did that drain me and have take away those units of energy that I could use for other things, for I didn't really sacrifice for my clients, so it wasn't that. But what were other things that I may not have had energy for because I was using this brain juice 
and this energy of trying to figure out how to stay warm. So you can do hard things. And remember, it doesn't mean everything has to be hard. I've said that a lot today because we need to remember this. My invitation for you is to take a look at your own life where there is one thing of unnecessary suffering that you were doing that is not something you have to tolerate anymore. Make that change. And it may seem silly, like my podcast, because some of you can say, well, really, you're this privileged to be talking about churning your heat while others can't. I get that. But remember, and I've talked about this before, we all have our hard things. This is in the context of the life that we live. For some of you, maybe like, this is ridiculous. I already know what my thermostat's set at. I don't ever go below it. This is not an issue. My hard stuff is X. We all have our own challenges. We all have our own things that are our privileges that are easy, right? It's the context for you of what is your unnecessary suffering that you're doing that you don't need to anymore. And for some of us, right, that could be buying pre-washed spinach. That could be eliminating unnecessary suffering or pre-washed lettuce. I remember when the bags of lettuce came out, I was like, oh, do I spend that money with the pre-washed bags of lettuce, or I could just buy a lettuce head and do the washing myself and use my salad spinner. Or maybe it's buying cut up veggies at Trader Joe's or Costco. That may be your version of letting go of unnecessary suffering where somebody else is saying, hey, I've been doing this for a really long time and this is something an absolute for me. There's no right or wrong. There's no black and white. What is yours? Let's do it without judgment. And please, let's do it without comparison. My hard may not be your hard. Your hard may not be my hard. Each of us still has our hard as well as things that don't have to be hard in our life. And that's what I'm talking about today. Let's not compare and instead allow ourselves the energy and support so that we can do the hard things by eliminating the unnecessary suffering. And this one small change is a big change in your life. So my friend, what is your unnecessary suffering you are going to do that will actually support you by eliminating it? I get it. There are plenty of challenges and hard in our lives. And just because we can do hard things doesn't mean that we have to do unnecessary suffering. So for some of us, it's about making sure we take care of ourselves in our living environments so that we have the brain juice to focus on the things that are truly hard and the energy to focus on those hard things. What's your one unnecessary suffering you're going to do to support you? I bet it's right there at the tip of your tongue. Why not give yourself permission to let go of that unnecessary suffering for a few weeks and see what you learn? I'm smiling big for you. Hey, If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. 
And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.